Joseph opts to bet. He bets very small, which is kind of interesting. 27,000 into the 120,000 chip pot. Ugh. Hello everyone, I'm Jonathan Little for PokerCoaching.com here today with episode 333 of Weekly Poker Hand. You'd think I'd pick a hand where a bunch of threes come, but I did not. That's an oversight. Please forgive me. Here we're taking a look at a hand from the final table of the $1,500 buy-in tournament from Best Bet Jacksonville. This is the Fall Frenzy. Let's take a look at this hand. We're playing with a 15,000 big blind, and then Chris A, under the gun, raises it up with the Ace-10 offsuit. I think this is fine. Maybe a tiny bit loose if you are under the gun at a full table. It looks like they are currently, I think, eight-handed. Um, but I, I typically raise it as well. It is worth noting that there are quite a few deep stacks at this final table, so he can't get too insane raising, re-raising, etc. All right, folds around to the small blind. Derek with pocket tens. And um, this seems like a pretty reasonable spot just to three bet and get it in, I think. But, you know, calling's reasonable too, especially if you expect Chris to have mostly very, very strong made hands in his range. Um, which, you know, to be fair, Chris really should have a pretty strong range here. Like I said, if Ace 10 offsuit's kind of the bottom of his raising range, then you do have to be a little bit cautious with pocket tens. The alternative play is to just three bet and get all your money in right? I think that's reasonable too. And very easily could be the right play. So I, I think both plays are viable. So uh, Derek calls in the small blind with pocket tens off of a pretty deep stack, about um, 70, not call it 80 big blinds. And then Joseph in the big blind with queen jack offsuit. He's very deep stacked. He has about um, 90 big blinds. And I think this is a fine spot to call this queen jack offsuit. You don't really want to 3-bet this hand because if you do 3-bet this hand and face a 4-bet, you like have to fold, right? Also, if you 3-bet to any like normal size, you're probably going to be very close to priced in. So he does call the queen-jack offsuit. So far, I think everyone's play preflop is certainly fine. A lot of people just always 3-bet in Derek's shoes with the pocket 10s, but I, I think calling small blind is fine. All right, flop comes queen, 6, 5. Derek checks small blind with his pocket 10s. Joseph should definitely check the big blind with his queen-jack offsuit. This is a spot where you really just don't want or need to have a leading range. However, I don't hate a lead. And let me talk about this real quick. When you are the chip leader at the final table, I think it is perfectly viable to develop a leading range with your best hands and with your draws. And you can actually lead with a lot of draws in this scenario if, 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 big important if, your opponents care about payout implications. I actually have a new book, Excelling at Tough No Limit Hold'em Games. You can get that at jlpoker.com tough. And there's a chapter in it by Vlada Stojanovic on post-flop ICM with quite a few examples as the big stack where you can apply pressure to the medium and short stacks. And I don't know if this is the exact right spot where you want to have a leading strategy, and I'm not sure this queen-jack offsuit is the hand you want to be leading, but I do think that betting frequently in this spot is the least viable, whereas if there are no payout implications, then you would always check your whole range. So anyway, Joseph opts to bet. He bets very small, which is kind of interesting, 27,000 into the 120,000 chip pot. Ugh. 
What should Chris do with his ace 10 for just an overcard? I think he should probably just fold. This is an annoying spot, but given Chris is pretty shallow stacked, I think he just needs to fold. If he gets an ace on the turn, there's no guarantee he's good. I mean, for all we know, Joseph's leading with like ace six or ace five. If he thinks Joseph is leading with only air, like bluffs, like a lot of gut shots, backdoor flush draws, etc., like jack 10 of hearts, then like obviously you should strongly consider sticking around. But the fact that Derek is in this hand in the small blind as well makes me think you should probably fold. Notice Derek could very easily have suited connectors, big cards, and that lines up pretty well with this flop, queen, six, five. So I think you should probably just fold if you are in Derek's, I'm sorry, if you're in uh, Chris's shoes here with the ace, 10. He does elect to call though. And now Derek with his pocket tens in the small blind has a pretty easy fold. At this point, it's just too likely you're against a queen. Um, now, I don't expect a queen to be leading all that often onto the flop, but if it does, you know, I mean, that, that's viable. Also, uh, Chris could certainly have the queen as well, so I think you just need to fold. But Derek does like to splash around and call. I don't hate the call. The problem is, is you're going to realize your equity in this hand very, very poorly because if you just face an additional turn bet, you pretty much always lose. All right, turn is a king. Now, pocket 10s got way worse. Queen Jack got way worse. And ace 10, well, uh, picked up a gut shot. This is an interesting scenario. Let's see what Joseph does. Derek pretty, Derek pretty much immediately checks his pocket 10s. Joseph checks as well. And now ace 10 has to decide if it should bluff. What do you think? Take a second. Pause this video. Let me know what you think. Do you think ace 10 should run the bluff here? Or do you think it should just check and try to make top pair or straight? Let me know in the comment section below. I'm going to pause the video real quick. Type it in the comments if you would bluff this or if you would check it. All right, you back? Good. Chris pretty much immediately reaches for a bet. He bets 55,000 out of his 250,000 stack, which is actually a pretty small bet. It's only... 20% pot. Interesting play. I can pretty much already tell you. I don't know who Chris is. I don't know his strategy. But if Chris has any idea what's going on, he's betting this small size with the idea that he is going to jam all in on the river. And that'd be a pretty nice play, right? Because if you think about it, what does a leading range look like for Joseph? A leading range for Joseph looks very much like a queen or a six or a five. And a lot of those will feel somewhat priced in to call the turn facing a, you know, one-fifth pot size bet. And then they're going to fold on the river. I guess this is actually a fourth pot size bet on the turn. Um, so a lot of those hands will feel inclined to call. And that's going to result in Joseph in the big blind getting to the river very frequently with a lot of very marginal hands. And if you do bet ace-10 on this turn, you must be willing to go with it on the river. So... Joseph actually sits here and thinks for a very good long time while he's thinking. Make sure you head over to pokercoaching.com and get your free membership if you are not already a member. Go to pokercoaching.com free to sign up for that. If you like my content, go there. Learn from, well, learn more from me. Learn from my other hand-picked coaches to continuously improve your poker skills. I've been hiring many of the absolute best players in the world and not just like good GTO players because there are a lot of good GTO players. I've been hiring a lot of the exploitative battlers and um, I'm, I've been learning a lot for them. 
Also, in terms of GTO players, we have the guy who literally wrote the book, Modern Poker Theory. It is by far the best GTO-based book. Michael Acevedo, he is one of our coaches as well. So we have you covered from a GTO point of view and also from a very exploitative point of view. We also have lots of cash game content, tournament content. Make sure you check it out, pokercoaching.com slash free. All right, finally, Joseph calls, <laughs> which I think is fine. This is a pretty rough spot, but I do think you need to call. River is the three of diamonds. So the board is queen, six, five, king, three. Joseph really doesn't have any other option besides checking. And then I think Chris must go all in for his two-thirds pot size bet. Notice if Chris bet a different size on the turn, like pot or two-thirds pot, he would be way closer to all in. But instead he used that small bet size that sets us up for a beautiful, beautiful river jam. I love this play. So he makes it. And I do think it is the only viable option. Notice this is exactly what he would do with ace-king or king-queen or aces or kings or queens or sixes or fives. So there actually are a pretty good amount of nut hands in his range. Now, to be fair, there are a lot of busted draws like ace-jack of hearts, ace-ten of hearts, jack-ten of hearts, etc. that would conceivably float the flop and then feel inclined to bet the turn. Although, to be fair, those hands should be a little bit cautious betting the turn because they really don't want to get check-raised all in. Um, whereas ace-10, if you bet the turn with that and you get check-raised, you don't really care. You just fold, right? So this is a pretty sweet spot. It definitely puts the queen-jack in a terrible scenario. And I don't really see any other good option for queen-jack besides to fold here, unless you know Chris is on the battling side. Remember, this was a multi-way pot. In multi-way pots, if your opponent wants to put their whole stack in, they usually have something pretty good. Remember, Chris opened from under the gun, got called by small blind and big blind, called a flop bet, then he bet small on the turn, giving the opponents good odds, and now he's betting the river. And this time his bluff succeeds, and he scoops up a very, very nice pot. I love the way Chris played this hand. I think he played it great. Besides maybe calling the flop. You're allowed to fold the flop. I think folding flop is probably ideal. But if you do fold the flop, the only way you're going to make a profit in this scenario is by bluffing in the ideal spots. And he did exactly that. So thanks for, again for being here. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Weekly Poker Hand. If you did, click like, click subscribe. I'd appreciate it. Good luck in your games. Have a great, great week, and I'll talk to you next time.